Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. I'm Ed Peters. We move on today in Acts chapter 1 to verses 15 through 17. These verses continue Luke's description of the activities of Christ's followers after his ascension into heaven as they were waiting in Jerusalem for the promise of coming of the Holy Spirit. He writes as follows. It was during this time that Peter stood up before the assembled brotherhood, about 120 in all, and said, My friends, the prophecy in Scripture was bound to come true, which the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of David, uttered about Judas, who acted as guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was one of our number and had his place in our ministry. is no doubt referring to verse 9 of Psalm 41, where King David says, Even my close friend, whom I trusted, he who shared my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. Christ applied this verse to himself in John 13, verse 18, when he predicts his betrayal. And here are his words addressed to the twelve. I am not referring to all of you. I know those whom I have chosen. But this is to fulfill the scripture, he who shares my bread has lifted up his heel against me. 
King David was referring to one who shared the king's table, who was an honored as well as trusted friend, or perhaps one who had sealed his friendship with a covenant. In fulfilling the role of his royal ancestor as God's appointed king over Israel, Christ, the great son of David, also experienced the hostility of men and the betrayal of a trusted associate, and thus fulfilled his forefather's lament. Now, here with our study for today is Pastor Henry Harder. It is always exciting to get in on the ground floor of an organization which has every chance of success. When the church was born, 120 persons were there. Their Lord had been crucified, buried, and raised to life. Then he left them with the promise that in a few days the Holy Spirit would come upon them. With that anticipation, these believers gathered in an upstairs room in Jerusalem. The eleven disciples were there, some women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus. The brothers of Jesus were there, perhaps some of those five hundred to whom Jesus had appeared. Perhaps the two disciples from the Emmaus Road came too. There were many more than the hundred and twenty believers in Jerusalem, but that was the number to whom Peter spoke here in Acts chapter 1. They had a problem. There had to be twelve apostles. But since Judas' defection, there were only eleven. A replacement had to be found. So Peter takes the leadership and speaks to the group. Here is what he says. Brothers, the scriptures had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through the mouth of David concerning Judas who served as guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in this ministry. Peter makes a few interesting points here. It is his belief that the scriptures must be fulfilled. Peter has a high view of the Bible. Paul did too. Paul later wrote that the scripture is God-breathed. I take it that that means that, like breath, the scriptures came out of the mouth of God. It is that, literally, God's word. That's what inspiration means. It means God breathed. That's how Peter regarded the Bible. He believed God had spoken. He wasn't out to change what God had said. What God had said didn't need to be changed. It needed to be believed and obeyed. Peter makes another point. He writes, the scriptures had to be fulfilled which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through the mouth of David. It was the Holy Spirit who superintended the writing of the Word of God. A thousand years before Christ, the Holy Spirit guided David to write, and what he wrote under the Spirit's inspiration was accurate and reliable, so that one thousand years later Peter could quote it and say, the scriptures had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through the mouth of David. Peter never changed in his respect for God's word. Later he wrote in his first letter, for prophecy of scripture never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Scriptures did not originate in the minds of men. It originated in the mind of God, and the Holy Spirit, through the minds of men, had it recorded. A thousand years didn't in any way nullify the message. 
we have a tendency to believe that if a prophecy hasn't come to pass, that it probably won't after so many centuries. No time doesn't void the message if the message is from God. Then Peter notes that David, a thousand years earlier, had written about Judas. I can imagine that Peter and the other disciples must have been heartbroken over Judas' defection. If he had been one of them for three years, no doubt they had loved him. They had been through a lot together. You can hear the sorrow in Peter's words when he says about Judas, who served as guide for those who arrested Jesus. Peter puts Judas' defection and sin as politely as he can. This isn't the time or place to rave against Judas. Then Peter adds these mournful words, He was one of our number and shared in this ministry. By those words, Peter reveals the hurt that Judas' defection caused him personally. Peter said Judas was one of us. He was a follower of Jesus. He was a part of this ministry. Paul had this experience, too, when some of his fellow workers defected and left him. Sadly enough, that happens. It causes hurt. It causes deep sorrow on the part of those who remain. Peter might have said good riddance. No, instead he felt sorrow that one of their very own, one of the original twelve, deserted and turned against the Lord. Anytime anyone professes to know Christ and then turns away, that leaves nothing but sorrow and grief in the hearts of friends and loved ones or fellow workers. Why would anyone want to turn away from the lover of people and the giver of life? But to turn away from God is a part of man's nature since sin entered our human race. Peter talks about this later. But while man's attitude toward God and Jesus may change, as Judas's did, God's attitude toward man doesn't. God's suffering love never stops. In fact, the cross is a window in time that allows us to see the eternality of God's suffering love. When man defected, God could have said good riddance, but he didn't. His eternal love didn't allow that. No, his love has no boundaries. It can't be framed in or limited. As the songwriter says, his love is boundless.
I'd have to say that he's my all. Boundless love, unending joy. This is my life. It's what I. My world falls all around me. I call upon His name. Just in time, He takes me by the hand. His ways are perfect, just like His Son who bore my shame. I don't even have to understand. Boundless Snow is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.